welcome back to the Snakes Cast. Today we're going to be talking about uh, apps in board games, both board games that are apps and no longer board games, and also board games that require apps, and also board games that just have apps just for fun. This week, we are blessed to have somebody super intelligent and super useful on this subject. Her name is Suzanne Sheldon. And if you've heard of the Snakes cast and you haven't heard of Suzanne, I'd be really surprised because she's like way more well-known than we are. But um, she's kind of a big deal. Um, she's the uh, she's renowned for her reviews of board game apps as a featured contributor for Board Game Breakfast and Board Game Blender on the Dice Tower. She's also the president and CEO of my favorite annual non-convention, Gen Cant. <laughs> so, uh, Suzanne, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to be here. I love the the topic, obviously, and I love the Snakes cast, so I'm I'm quite thrilled to be on the show. Thank you. So we're going to start off with the, the origin of board game apps. So at what point did somebody decide we're going to take this box full of cardboard bits and pieces and we're going to turn it into a thing that you can play on a tablet? So really, what was the, the first board game to do that, as far as you know, Suzanne? That's a really tough question. I've I've never looked at it from that perspective. Um what I can tell you is that the first board game app that was there were two and it makes sense in a lot of ways that both Carcassonne and Catan hit digital fairly early on as you were seeing board game apps uh hit the market. That said, you also saw in the early days um smaller development groups on on even smaller games trying to experiment with a platform. And I really think they were looking at it as uh, both service to the fans. They are probably fans themselves of the game and thought, oh, this would be something fun I would like to have. Or, you know, looking pursuing it as, hey, this game isn't huge in the market anymore. It's a little bit of an older game. Maybe we can revitalize it by bringing it into a new platform. And so some of the games I'm thinking of are like Reiner Knizia's Money and Hmm. High Society, um, Michael Schock's Web of Power. These are all done quite a long time ago. And quite frankly, you can see their age if you were to look at them today. They do look quite dated. But between those kinds of apps and then the early attempts at Catan and Carcassonne, I think that those were really the earliest ones that we were seeing a number of years ago. It's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that development budgets for apps at that point were fairly modest, right? I mean, it's not like a, a AAA video game where it takes millions of dollars. I mean, would like a small team of hobbyists who happened to know how to do app programming, be able to do this in their spare time? A hundred percent. And I think that you actually see that, uh, you know, five years ago, I think that that's in many ways probably where it was starting from. And I don't want to malign, you know, the talent and skill set required to do this, Mm -hmm. but, um, Certainly, early board game apps—they were rough. They were—they were pretty bare bones, and um, you you see that both in the graphic design and in the sophistication of the interaction and and things like that. But ultimately, let's you know look at board gamers who who we are some of the most passionate people about our hobby in the world. So, absolutely, board game apps, especially you know a while back when 
maybe the standards were, weren't established yet, uh, anybody that had the programming skills could could take a swing at it. And you saw some, you know, you saw a lot of uh, unauthorized, right, uh, right, apps as well. People that just love the game and, and were producing on it. Probably shouldn't mention those on the show, I guess. But yeah. uh, <laughs> still, though, I, I guess that low barrier to entry might have been a part of what was able to make board game apps into a thing. Yeah, and I think that it's really interesting today because, you know, the thing with technology is that improves every week. There's some new innovation, some new code base that is shared out, and it makes it just easier and easier for people to create games um, for mobile platforms or for digital platforms. So, you know, even just as, you know, I think you would know, a lot of board game publishers are much smaller companies than I think hobbyists would understand them to be. Mm -hmm. And I think it's similar with some of these board game apps. There's a much smaller team of people producing these apps than you'd think. And and today, board game apps that are produced are gorgeous and sleek and polished, but it's still likely a very small team doing it thanks to the technology advances. So if you're a person that owns a physical copy of a board game, what in an app makes it appealing to own as well. Like if I own and play Catan on a semi-regular basis, what is it about the Catan app or, you know, the Ticket to Ride app that makes it worth having around instead of just the regular board game? Well, personally, I'll just go back to why I got into board game apps to start with. And and one of the, the, the keys is in the sentence you just said is, you know, if I have Catan and I play it a lot. But for me, I own a ton of board games, but unfortunately, just because of life circumstances and things like that, and just because of my fervor for the hobby, I never get to play games as much as I want to. Oh, God, do I feel your pain. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, I I will say I have this insatiable hunger for board games. Like, I go to a game convention where I'm playing games literally 18 hours, and, and other than my physical exhaustion that I have to resolve, like, I never... I'm ready. Like, I take my nap, and I'm ready to play more games. Yeah, you could just play board games games. forever. (laughs) Endlessly. (laughs) Exactly. I'd love it. But, you know, because of my life, I just couldn't get, you know, go out to meet my friends all the time or whatever. I didn't have an outlet. To, to get those games to the table. So board game apps have been a huge help to me in kind of just getting my board gaming fix in. And, you know, beyond that, for people that that maybe do get more board gaming, and I think there's a lot of reasons why board game apps are, are beneficial. I think they offer you a chance to explore different tactics and strategies that you might not want to try out, you know, against a human opponent. Because uh, the so humiliation can... of losing when you try something new, it doesn't work. Exactly. It's like, I'm going to try that. Oh, good. no, I'll never do that again. <laughs> I mean, it's all in the in the privacy of your own home and nobody has, you know, you can't, no public shaming, you know, and, and obviously also the portability of that. And some of the best board game app experiences I have are actually with other people. Now, it's a fairly small subset of board game apps that I enjoy playing on the same device. But for those games, for example, the Quix app on iOS, I cannot tell you how many games of this I've played one-on-one with a family member while we're in line or while we're waiting for, you know, a meal to be served at a restaurant. And it's incredibly fun. So that portability, right? Because, you know, I wouldn't necessarily bring games with me to a restaurant or to, you know, something where I'm sitting in line or something like that. But if you have it on your phone or a tablet, it's so easy just to pull out the game and play it with no setup, no cleanup, you know, at the drop of a hat. Yeah, games that have a big setup time and cleanup time, especially things like deck builders, uh, that can be a big deal. We, um, when 
when we talked with Justin Gary last season, he mentioned about how the app for Ascension was huge for the game. It uh, it didn't cost them sales of the uh, uh, of the physical game. It actually wound up heightening the game's profile, resulting in more sales of the uh, of, of of the physical game. Is that something that's fairly common? I, I honestly, you know, from my discussions with people in the industry, I do think that that is what you're seeing playing out. And I do think that that is a motivator for why you see more and more board game apps coming out every month now. I mean, that the the pace of releases on board game apps has increased dramatically in the last two years. And, and uh, that is honestly because publishers are seeing a financial benefit. Uh, video games, I mean, board game apps would ultimately be considered a video game in many ways, especially to people beyond our hobby. And when we compare the video game audience to the board game audience, th- you can't even compare them in size and scale. So the idea of using video digital technology to reach out to that much larger video game uh, group, that's definitely a boon. When you can get a board game app on a tops list in an app store, that definitely raises its profile. It definitely enables people who normally wouldn't know anything about the game to find it, um, opening the door to new, new sales, new audiences, new members of the hobby. And beyond that, I think you also see people like myself who might own a physical copy of the board game and then want the digital copy. Conversely, you'll see people who are interested in the physical copy, but they aren't necessarily sure about that $50, $60 price point. And so they can say, hey, I'll pay five bucks for this digital app, give it a try and see if it's worth it to buy the physical game. And so it's almost a marketing tool right, for the publisher as well for the game. So there's financially, we're definitely, I think, I think uh, publishers are definitely seeing a benefit to having a digital version in market. I didn't even think of the price point as an incentive for getting a board game app. It makes complete sense. I mean, one of the things that we tell people when they come into the cafe and they're looking at games to buy, we're like, well, like, come by on a Tuesday afternoon, like, bring a friend, try it out, it'll be much cheaper. That way, if you hate it, you don't have to deal with having a box full of stuff that you never want to touch again in your house. So the fact that you're right, like, the fact that an app, like, even an incredibly high-quality, high-end, like, expensive, quote-unquote, for an app will be, what, like, $5? And then you have an opportunity to try it, and then you can see if you like it or not. That's a great Mm -hmm. point. I didn't even even think about that. All right, that's it for our introduction to board game apps. Join us again on Wednesday, where we're going to get into more detail, and Suzanne will still be with us, thank goodness. Thanks for joining us, Suzanne. Thank you, guys. We'll see you again on Wednesday. Mm